What of the dollar you murder for? Is that the one fighting for your soul? Or your brother's the one that you're running from? But if you got money, forget, cause I want some. B.I.G. Oh God. Whoa. Okay, ain't nobody fucking with my click. All right, it is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join The Zone this Thursday from 10 to 3 at F45 Training at Jordan Landing, 3812 West, 7800 South. Change everything with a personal with personal training in a team environment. We're going to talk to Matt Harpering coming up here momentarily. Of course, Matt played against Kobe Bryant for many, many years, and uh, the Jazz have a, a deep history with Kobe Bryant. In fact, I, I don't know if you could write the the book of Kobe's NBA professional career without including a, a pretty healthy chapter about the Utah Jazz. Well, maybe a lot of fan bases feel that way uh, about uh, Kobe and their particular team, but you're right. I mean, the, the evidence is right there in front of you. Go through the history and you can see the battles that took place. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, of course, on AT and T Sportsnet on the Jazz broadcast, sitting next to our good friend Craig Bowlerjack. He's former Jazz player, of course, Matt Harpering. Matt, thank you very much for a few minutes. How you doing? Yeah, so I think uh, we're all doing um, pretty poorly these last few days. It's like I don't know. For me personally, it's just like a picture of balloon it's just, you just get deflated um it's just one of the saddest days that uh, i think in in basketball history really if you look at it I, it's so tragic um personally for me i just find myself in the last 24 hours just going back and forth with all the different moments and memories that i've had with kobe against kobe as a competitor and then, you know, when I got into broadcasting, uh, just their conversations before games, and it's, it's, he was a good person, and he's going to be missed. You know, Matt, you seem like the kind of player who Kobe would like to play against, not because he's going to dominate you or anything, but just because the care factor with you kind of mirrored his care factor. And that's, that's when basketball gets compelling, I think. Yeah, so when he would talk to me, he always used the word we. And he talked about, not like I was as good as Kobe because I wasn't even close, but he, he talked about our mentalities and how we both approached the game in a similar way and that what we thought about competing and the will to win. And I never, I mean, there's just a, two or three players that I could ever remember going against in competition that had a will and a desire to win uh, more than Kobe Bryant. It was just, you knew it was going to be a war. And if he could, he would beat you. If you were one-on-one, he'd beat you 100 to nothing. He would give zero amount of empathy towards you saying, oh, okay, I'm going to give you the shot. It just That just wasn't his persona. And with that in mind, Matt, what was it like in those playoff atmospheres? I was just telling Gordon that I don't think you could write the book about Kobe Bryant's NBA career without including a chapter about the Jazz and the the playoffs. I mean, he just seemed so, that impossible mentality just ratcheted up even more in those matchups. Yeah, so he, he relished it. And, you know, it goes to his younger years, all the way to his older years. And 
you know, he, he enjoyed competition. He, he enjoyed playing against the Jazz because he knew what the Jazz were about and Jerry Sloan and what you were going to get. Um, you know, he, he enjoyed pain. I mean, he, he, had, a, he had a different mind. Um, you know, in a series, you battle on the end of a series, uh, you, you talk to each other and you, you say, hey, good luck next series, and you kind of talk. And um, he, he just would say, I'm so glad you pushed me as hard as you did this series. You're, you're helping me out to be a better player. And, and that's the kind of comment he would say after the series is already done. Like, he really appreciated, you know, you putting him through the ringer the best you could because he wanted to see how far he could stretch himself and what he could go through. And that's, that's who he was, and that's how he – went into every season, every game, and then a lot of things he's doing, well, what he was doing after when he got retired. I mean, he was becoming a brilliant businessman. Matt, do you see similarities between him and, and Jordan in this respect? When he was on the floor, I think they they could almost sense players who were willing to acquiesce to them. And it gets back to that respect that you were talking about that he had for you, you had for him. But it, it's almost like these guys – are competitive predators who can go after the weak-minded. You're exactly right. I had friends that were teammates of Kobe. I've had, uh, you know, friends of friends, and he would go into practice and, and go after and challenge everyone. And if you back down, he would he would be relentless. And, and you, had, you, you were going to have a long year with him. <laughs> and so he was kind of bipolar with some people in locker rooms because of the how he treated practice, how he treated games, how he treated basketball. Jordan was the exact same way. I got to play against Michael Jordan as well, albeit the the tail end of his career. But his competitiveness and Kobe's were just on par with each other. Again, if they could beat you 100 to 0, 100 to 1, they would. I mean, there is just, they would not ease off throughout the whole entire game. And they didn't take plays off. They, they just didn't. He wanted to compete the entire game. Um, it's admirable because uh, I think he inspired a, a generation of players that saw what he did, and it's more about it was more about his talent. It was more about his will to win. If you listen to people talk and about his his work ethic, how he inspired them, um, how his will to win just came off the TV where people could see it. Like he just wasn't willing to lose. Matt Harpering is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Matt, I ran into to Jonathan Reinhardt today, and of course now he's the, the president of the Salt Lake City Stars, but at the time he was uh, doing, uh, the, the time of Kobe's final year, he was doing PR, of course, a role he had for a long, long time, and he told me the uh, story today about how in Kobe's final home game, Kobe heard that Jerry Sloan was at the game and asked you know, if they could uh, arrange so that uh, Jerry and Kobe could, could speak and, and say a few words to one another, and I thought that that was a really neat story because Kobe seemed like the type of guy who had respect for his opponents and uh, for others of course who had a big time role in basketball and it just seems like those two had a lot of similar characteristics when it came to competitiveness and will to win absolutely he 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 was a student of the game he knew about everyone he really appreciated Jerry and how he ran uh, the jazz Kobe was an old school type of player he 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 enjoyed uh, getting into whether it was film. He knew when we played against in, in the, the Lakers, whether it's regular season or in the postseason, he knew everything about our team. He knew about every player. I mean, he was he was so detail-oriented, and you could tell when we're coming down the court 
you know, when we, we yell out a play, I mean, he was the first guy barking to his teammates where we're going, who's what, what's going on on defense, kind of like a quarterback does when he's going up to the line for, for an audible. Um, and that made it even better. But then when you talk to how he had respect for other people, like, I, you know, I, I had my love-hate with Kobe, and I, I didn't know that he respected me or not. Um, and it's a battle. But then when you get done playing and then the guy comes up to you and then, you know, personally for me, a guy that I – idolized and said, wow, you know, I, I enjoy watching you play. And he, when he comes back to you and says, you know, the same thing, I mean, it, it uplifts you. And I think he did that to a lot of people. Um, and I think it was a lot of that behind the scenes, um, you know, whether it was in the back of locker rooms or it was uh, with players on, on telephones or text messages. He was influential to a lot of different players. And he didn't have to be influential to me at all. But, I mean, he reached out and he was – extremely gracious and nice uh, after we battled. Do you have a most memorable moment uh, competing on the court or otherwise uh, with uh, between the two of you? Um, yeah, I mean, I do. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of subtle trash talking with him. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that kind of likes that stuff, or I did. Um, and so I think he kind of liked the fact that I did. And so we would go back and forth and have these little, uh, these like three, like three word, like little trash talks back and forth. And then we come back on the other end. And he said, "I told you, you know, little little things like that." And we go through the whole series. And I, t- and I would tell him, like, this isn't going to be easy for you. You know, we go back and forth. At the end of one of the series that we played, that they beat us, um, I got a pair of his shoes that he signed for me. I didn't even ask for them, and uh, he he gave me them. Um, he says, "Tell Matt, this is for Matt, and out of respect." And he gave me his shoes, and so I have actually a, a pair of his shoes autographed in my closet in my room that he gave to me after after a series that we played against each other. I thought that was nice of him. Man, hold on to those. That'll carry meaning for a long time. Yeah. Well, well Matt, thank you very much uh, for joining us and giving us your perspective on this story today. I, I know it's not the most easy thing to, uh, to talk about, but I, I think we and our listeners really benefit from it. Thank you very much, and we'll be watching tonight. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> All right, thank you. Matt Harpring, AT&T Sportsnet, of course, longtime member of the Utah Jazz and uh, opponent of, uh, of Kobe Bryant. And I, I love the, the stories of mutual respect yeah. that, we, that we keep hearing about, about Kobe, and that was a neat one we just heard from Matt uh, right there. He, he, kinda, he, said, he said, I didn't know if we were friends or what we were. We just competed, and, yeah. and that was something he respected. And, and like giving the shoes and those stories, giving him a call, how cool is that? When no, he was I, stepping aside, I mean, I, that's, that's awesome. I remember Kobe saying positive things about Matt. Because for the very thing that we just talked about, yep, he could sense that in other players. <laughs> it's going up against guys like Kobe Bryant and, and Michael Jordan. If if you're weak minded, even if you're a talented guy, you're gonna get you're gonna get rolled over. And so when he sees that, he recognizes that quality in other guys. That just must be really appealing. Because he wants to be challenged to the nth degree. And chances are Kobe was going to beat you. And I do like, and Matt alluded to this a little bit, but I do like that he was continuing to make his mark on basketball. Listening to, to the shoot-around show today with uh, on Tony and Austin, uh-huh. and we've got that sound up at 1280thezone.com, it was... It was really interesting to, to hear Donovan talk about Kobe's influence and, and, you know, relationship to a certain extent. And Rudy talk about the influence overseas when he was growing up. And then to hear Ed Davis 
talk about his personal relationship with Kobe, it was like, man, this guy was still given to the game. And and also on Tony and Austin Locke, uh, I, David Locke came on and had a great point. This felt like somebody who had still had something to give to the uh, world. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And that that's part of the tragedy, I think. It's so gifted in so many ways and intelligent. And that same drive that we talked about in basketball, I think he poured into a lot of things. His family, he is uh, his his daughters, the whole, the whole you know his businesses like you talked about, a lot to give. I think he was just shifting into second gear. Yeah, Didn't you get I that think feel? so too. Yep, I I really do. All right, we do want to remind you: call Action Plumbing, get your preseason furnace tune-ups and safety check for thirty-three dollars. Call eight zero one eight three three thirty-three thirty-three or actionplumbing.net. Now, Gordon, uh, we've tried our best to keep the Not Sports Report going. Uh, and and up to the high standard that you set. Now today is is one of those different days, so I will let you decide if we forego the non sports report today, or if you think we're in need of a little bit of a a little bit of a breather, maybe a little levity to uh, to distract us for a brief moment. All right. Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll present whichever one of those I choose when we come back. All right. All right. It is the big show. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. This. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. This market, Tony, I think is unique to the Kobe Bryant yes. journey. We had the privilege of seeing one of the top five talents to ever lace it up at least two times a season right here in Salt Lake City. And then the playoff matchups, they all wrapped up in a poetic, beautiful moment where, yeah, the Jazz were the team against him when he finished his career with 60 points at Staples Center. You have great memories, whether it was a heartbreak and a finish or whether it was an exhilarating Jazz win and the way Kobe competed and fought. It was really something special to be around and Kobe's performances were fun but the rivalry and the competition and the fact that the fans got to feel like they were a part of that competition in the good ways is a thing of beauty and something I think we'll miss forever. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.